I am glad that you could join us. Let's jump right into Luke chapter 17 and verse 12. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. I'd like to preach on the thought of a message. Distancing does not mean disconnected. Distancing does not mean disconnected. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, have your way in our service tonight. Speak to people over the airwaves, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in a time of social distancing, aren't we? Well, social distancing is far from a novel concept. It wasn't invented in 2019 or 2020. Thousands of years ago, Israel understood the value of quarantining those with communicable diseases to prevent the spread of, say, leprosy. And leprosy was a a disease that was contagious. It was also chronic. It was hard to get rid of. And so the first step was kind of the initial diagnosis in a temporary quarantine. If you look in Leviticus chapter 13 and verse 21, it speaks of a priest who are the identifiers of the disease. They would shut someone up as a temporary quarantine for seven days. And then if the leprosy is confirmed after that, you go to verse 45 and 46, the leper would have to to tear his clothes, have a bare head and, and put on a covering and cry unclean, unclean, and have to be outside the camp, which is outside of the society of Israel. And McDonnell Douglas is a, is a big defense contractor. When I was a trash man in Orlando, I worked for a trash company, and we went to this sensitive area to take out their trash. And the man went to the door of where they were working and and announced the trash men were coming in. And then everyone covered up their work. And this is kind of what it feels like to be a leper. And then he called, unclear, unclear in the area. And so I went in there with my little dolly and everyone was just kind of covered up and nothing was happening when we were there until the unclear or seemingly unclean people left and society could continue work could continue and maybe you've you know found no hugging and no handshakes in a six foot distance preacher this is no fun well in the talmud which is the jewish law the lepers had to be 100 paces that's not six feet that's like uh, 300 feet it's like a football field away from people i mean that's some social distancing try keeping that but We want to speak about, first of all, distancing does not mean you're out of options. So distancing does not mean you can't be connected. First of all, we often remark to our kids. You have kids? We say something like this. Shh. Or keep it down. Or you don't have to yell. Or use your library voice. Ask me how I know this. Because children know how to lift their voice. To increase the volume if something's farther away and sometimes even if something isn't farther away. They know how to go to to volume level 10, right? Well, in Luke chapter 17 and verse 13, these lepers were afar off. So they were distanced, but it didn't mean they had to be disconnected from God. So they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They just closed the distance by shouting. They made a connection. Have you ever seen someone with their phone up in the air, walking back and forth, looking completely weird? Well, they lifted it up 
in the hopes of getting a connection, staring at the face of it, looking for those bars, right? To make it useful instead of just, you know, a paperweight. They, you realize you have options when things aren't going right. When Daniel was far from home uh, under the king of Medo-Persia, that's modern day Iran. He got crossed up with some of the leadership there and found himself in the lion's den. That's some social distancing, right? But you see, he wasn't out of options. He wasn't disconnected from God. And he prayed, the Bible says, the next day at the answer of the king, he said, my God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouths and they have not hurt me. Why? He made a connection. Distancing doesn't mean disconnected. It doesn't mean you're out of options. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. They were far from their home in, in Babylon, modern-day Iraq, and they were under some social distancing. They got crossed up with the leader of that place, and they were in a burning, fiery furnace. But they found they weren't out of options. They found a connection. And when someone looked into that burning, fiery furnace, they said, I, uh, Lo, I see four men loose. They were thrown inbound, but they were loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. They weren't out of options. They had a connection to make with God. David, before he became king, was under a kind of social distancing from the rest of the army. He was in a valley because everyone else was chicken, so he went down to fight a man huge giant named Goliath. Well, he found a connection. He said, you come to me with a spear and a sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And valleys really can be a place of, of victory, right? We need to lift up that connection to God. It means something. Distancing doesn't mean you're out of options. I remember I had a, like a financial distance, right? <laughs> Ever been in a financial distance? Well, I passed by this Range Rover and I wanted to buy it. And uh, it was $3,000. This is years ago. So this is probably around 10 or 15 years ago. And uh, it was like a 95 Range Rover. So it wasn't even new at the time. But I, I, I looked at it a few times, drove by. You know, you kind of gawk at it. It was for sale. It had the signs on it. And my wife, you know, I, I said, well, I have the money, but I don't want to spend it on this. And thank God for a godly wife. She said, well, just call him and offer $1,000. And of course, I probably told her that's not going to work. I thank God for a godly wife. You know, if you have a godly wife, you have an asset. And that's a resource that you need to use, a godly wife. And so I, she, uh, she convinced me and I called the man and offered him 1000 And he said, no, you know, so, uh, so preacher, just pay the 3000 Well, I was distant from a pile of money, but I had a connection to God. And the man said, no. He said, but, he said, if it doesn't sell, I'm in the Navy. I guess he was getting ready to deploy. He, in a little while, he said, I'll call you back or something like that. So later, and I don't know if this is a month later, I don't remember the time period that it passed. Hadn't spoken to the man again. And I'm sitting at the table in my place and I have my Bible out and a little phone, which everyone's got their phone near them, right? And, uh, I remember praying and saying, God, I don't need that Range Rover. I mean, I already had a car. I, I remember telling God this, but I want it. I wanted that Range Rover. 
And the phone rang. I mean, right after I said that, the phone rang. And it was the guy, the owner of the Range Rover. And he said, well, it didn't sell, so if you want it for 1000 you can have it. Let me tell you, we went and got it for $1,000 and had a great time driving that Range Rover around. Well, you see, I meant to say that because if you're under the assumption that I didn't have a lot of money, I didn't. But you see, if you don't have a lot of money, it doesn't mean that you're disconnected from God. Even if you don't have a job, it doesn't mean you're disconnected from God. You still have options. You can get to God. And God answers prayers. God answers prayers. Distancing does also not mean dormant. It doesn't mean doing nothing. See, when Jesus saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. Can you imagine Jesus lifting up his voice? And it came to pass... See, that the priests were the, the CDC or the health office, right? They would check for symptoms. They weren't doctors, but they would pronounce one fit to return to society. And it says, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Never underestimate the value of doing what God wants you to do. Even if your circumstances aren't great. You see... If you look, how you look at something's vital. These guys could have said, oh man, go to the priest, come on. If you view your circumstances as like a prison, you've already locked yourself up. If you view your circumstances as an opportunity, they can become one. A man named John Bunyan was in prison for holding a religious service apart from the Church of England in the 1600s. So he was sent to prison for three months, at which time, after a three-month prison sentence, you could promise, I won't do that anymore. But he refused. He refused to stop preaching. So they threw him in prison for another 12 years. Well, you could say, well, preacher, he could just sit there and cross his arms and get mad at the world. Well, he could have. He had a wife. Uh, he had a child that was stillborn. He had four stepkids. And there were no uh, real big social programs from the government to help out. Uh, these people in this situation, he could have gotten bitter, but he didn't. He started writing. And one of his works that he started was called Pilgrim's Progress. Maybe you've heard of it. It was published in 1678 and is regarded today as one of the most significant works of religious theological fiction in English literature. He had an opportunity, and so do you. It's been translated in more than 200 languages and has never been out of print. John took his circumstances as an opportunity. Similarly, when the Apostle Paul was under house arrest in Rome, he could have just crossed his arms and said, it's not fair! But he said, I'm just going to keep going and doing what God wants me to do. So he wrote a letter that we can read in the Bible called Ephesians. He wrote another letter we can read in the Bible and get nourished from called Colossians. He wrote another letter, and these were letters to people, to churches, to a, to a man named Philemon. And then lastly, he wrote a letter to the church in Philippi, which you can read in your Bible, and it deals with Christian joy. And it's called Philippians. Why? He wasn't out of options and he wasn't going to do nothing. And, and it says that as these men went, doing what God wanted to do, as you are praying, as you are reading, as you are giving, as you, look, as you're forgiving, as you're caring. And people need care right now. People need some kindness right now. 
as you're going in God's word, in God's will, watch God do his part. It said they were cleansed. I remember when I was on a job site. And there was a man who had fallen and I saw him fall. So I rushed down to help him. And he just kind of undid his trousers and dropped his trousers. <laughs> and he still had his underwear on, right? But he was looking to see if he had cut himself or hurt himself. He ended up coming to church too uh, with his trousers up. But I wonder if these lepers were doing that. I wonder if they kind of like began to, you know, maybe scratch an itch or something and realize, wow, there's no sore there. And they began to tear off their clothes and look to see they were clean. God healed them. But it says that in the third part, we're going to look at this. It doesn't stop there. You know, God can do amazing things. Today, if sin is like a leprosy is likened to sin. It has many similarities. It's contagious. <laughs> you can't get rid of it. It just hangs on. But if you can get to Jesus, Jesus can forgive sin. Jesus can put away sin. Jesus went to cross to the cross to destroy the power of sin. And his blood will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The third thing in distancing does not mean disconnected. Distancing is not forever. I don't know how long the current circumstances are going to last because of uh, this pandemic we're facing called COVID-19, but it's going to pass in a month, in a year, and I don't know. And I don't think anyone knows. God knows that this too shall pass. But let me tell you, when it does pass, distancing is not forever. Let's keep the connection to God after the crisis has passed. I'm sure it says here, one of the lepers, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down in his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed? No, Jesus can count, right? He said, but where are the nine? There hath not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger? You know, it's interesting. If you were to find the other nine lepers, I bet if you, you know, tracked them down and said, aren't you thankful? One would probably say, of course I'm thankful. Man, I'm working six days a week. Another would ask, are you thankful? He'd say, of course I'm thankful. God healed me and I'm courting my girlfriend. I'm going to get married in a, in a month. Maybe another man, are you thankful? Yes, I'm thankful. Look, I'm in my garage tricking out my chariot. Man, I've got my kids helping me and God's blessing. But it's interesting that Jesus, you know, sometimes we might be grateful, but if we don't give and aren't grateful to the person that we need to be grateful to, our lack of gratitude, it can be construed as ingratitude. You know, you say to your kids, what do you say? They say, thanks. <laughs> because they can just take the chocolate and eat it. They'll take the present and eat it. But we know that it's important to... Have you ever done something for someone and they didn't say thanks? Well, they got busy. They were probably thankful, but you didn't hear it. You know, when this distancing is done and this crisis is over, let's stay connected to God in our thankfulness. Let's stay connected in prayer. Let's stay connected to the house of God. Let's get back into the house of God with faithfulness. Let's begin to serve God when it's all over. And let's not get busy with the wrong things, but stay focused 
on the right things. And we want to do this in all in glory to God because distancing does not mean disconnected. God bless you is our prayer.